This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Tina Velacci. Tina has a, uh, has a doctorate in nursing. Uh, she's also uh, the president of the AANA. She's going to talk to us today about the AANA, about herself, about the situation with the shortage of anesthesia providers, whether anesthetists, CRNAs, uh, nurse anesthetists, in, in MD anesthesiologists, so just the shortages we're seeing out there and what's going on and what are the solutions, and also where she's most focused and excited about currently. Dina, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the AANA? Sure. Thank you so much for having me today. So my name is Dina Velocci. I am the current president of the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology. And to talk a little bit about the ANA, we have a robust history of over 100 years of being around. Um, we were the first advanced practice nurses that um, provided anesthesia care um, in the United States. It went towards the nursing model. Initially, it started with um, Catholic nuns. Um, we can trace it back to nursing back into the Civil War. So we've been, we've been here tried and true for a very, 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 very long time. Um, and today we represent, I represent over 60, oh, close to 60,000 CRNAs and student nurse anesthetists around the country. So um, pretty impressive it, it, history. <laughs> and who knew that? I don't think I knew that, that it's been 100 years plus and started with nuns involved in anesthesia and so forth. I did not know that. Talk for a moment about 60,000 CRNAs in the country, nurse anesthetists in the country. What does the future look like for nurse anesthesiology? It seems like tremendous growth and tremendous shortages. What's your sense of what's going on out there? Give us give us a feel for it. So I think, um, honestly, I think with the, what one of the silver linings I think you could say about COVID is that we became more of the forefront. We've always been there, but I think COVID um, definitely brought us to the forefront because we were managing um, the anesthesia airway teams. We were in the ICUs as intensivists. Um, we were the ones that went into New York City. I was one of them that went to New York City to be in the beginning. So um, we became a very big forefront. They also removed supervision um, with an executive order under Trump, um, removing um, any supervision requirements for us with CMS. Um, 18 states have removed supervision requirements for us. And currently, um, 17 has still kept it in place, and the one state has now actually made it a formal removal of supervision in the state of Michigan. So, you know, we, um, it, for us, we were allowed to practice to our full scope and practice in the most high, the most critical crisis time that we've had in our in our history now for you know since what I guess um, H1N1, um, and I would say COVID was worse than that. So. It has definitely put us on the map. We've we've been here. We've been able to do the things that we normally do, but because of the crisis, we were allowed to step in and fill the needs of the country um, in a very what, um, what, forward way. In terms of the ability to practice at the top of license, meaning to practice really directly without a medical doctor, anesthesiologist around, what is that? That's in. What's the status of that? post at least the heart of the pandemic were those sure. temporary rules that allowed that and I, you you mentioned different from state to state but michigan has just allowed i think further progress here what do you see across the country here so in interestingly enough disability? right interestingly enough before the pandemic we still had 
plenty of states that do not require supervision requirements for CRNAs. Um, we, where there are collaborative agreements, but as far as requiring a supervision, um, we have 40 some odd states that do not have it in the laws. So it, it's a kind of a misnomer that most people think that we have to practice under an anesthesiologist. We don't, it just certain states depends on the laws. And then it depends on the hospital bylaws, how they decide to choose to set up the practice. But um, what happened was with the, with COVID and the desperate need for providers and making it um, agile, flexible, and be able to handle the delivery of care, um, they removed those barriers so that we could we can step into the full practice of our roles. Now, there's many of us that have been practicing independently for a long time. I've been doing it since I've been out of school in 2002, depending on which um, places I worked. Some places I worked collaboratively with anesthesiologists, other places I was just working collaborative with a surgeon. Um, so we're not required to be under a specific anesthesiologist. We just, um, it's just usually for, um, if it's a billing thing for Medicare, Medicaid, it would say that you'd have to work with a physician. So it, it could be your surgeon, it could be another physician, or it could be an anesthesiologist. So that's kind of what's always been there. Um, so there's always that confusion. Um, but for us with COVID, um, it allowed us to, to really kind of open the eyes to a lot of people to say, well, not only can they do it, they do it well. So, and it, it created that flexibility in the market for sure. And, and how important is that flexibility in the market? Is there, I mean, in, in so many specialties, we're seeing both shortages now, with a population of 330 million people in an aging population. Um, what about going forward? Is this one of the specialties, anesthesia, anesthesiology, where there are looming shortages, or is it more geographic? So some states, they there's complete freedom to practice at the top of your license and really meets a real need because there's just real shortages. What's the sense of it going forward in terms of supply versus demand of anesthesia coverage? So right now, as everything, everything's a cyclical. You always see a cyclical pattern in healthcare where you have a feast or famine, and it's usually kind of the pendulum swing is what I've seen through my 20-some-odd year career. And so right now it's swung to where we do have a provider shortage across the board, whether it be anesthesiologists or nurse anesthetists. And what I see going forward or what the market solution will create is that it wants a flexible, cost-effective model. Um, and what allowing CRNAs to practice to their top of licensure, it allows the hospitals to choose and to decide how they want to manage their workforce. If they want that flexibility to go to that full scope of practice level and 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 pull out that complement or some hospitals were willing to choose to you know to make it a smaller um, you know again a more costly model but they choose to have more of the supervision kind of model so the, the allowing that gives that flexibility to really expand your workforce if you're able to expand the CRNAs out to that full scope of practice then everybody can sit there and you can you know actually increase your workforce in your hospital if you you open it that way um, and then it's cost effective, right? Because then your operational cost of manning a anesthesia department can definitely go down um, based on salaries of the CRNA are significantly much uh, less than a physician. So that being said, it is it could be a real solution. A lot of your critical access hospitals are run by CRNA only practices. And, and in fact, that's one of the hospitals I just finished up today 
it's an all CRNA practice. And if it wasn't for us, there'd be no way they could provide surgical services because it's in a rural area and the hospital's very tight with the budget, especially with COVID. Um, you know, a lot of the surgeries had to stop and that's how they make money. So they're, they're trying to catch up, you know, so we're able to provide those services and keep the doors open to allow people to have that access. So it, it really is a solution out there in the healthcare field for sure. A, a, a different question, pre-med son or daughter, pre-med, trying to figure out nurse anesthetist, physician assistant, medical school, MD, any thoughts on how to process through those choices as a young person who is so, you know, so young trying to figure these things out, uh, but what do you tell a pre-med person who's trying to figure out, you know, which route to go? What, what are some of the thoughts on that? You know, that's, it, it's a tough, it's a tough road now because the cost of education is steep and you, a lot of people are trying to now sit down and look at the ROI. Like what is the ROI going to medical school and coming out as opposed to, do you want to do all that? Or is it, you know, the, would you rather become, you know, advanced practice nurse and is it nurse practitioner? Is it nurse midwife? Is it, you know, nurse anesthetist? And um, they're two inherently, again, when you look at anesthesia, when I practice it, it's the practice of nursing. When a physician practices the practice of medicine, um, we still provide that same care to the patient. You're still, you know, the process of meeting the patient, going through the pre-op, looking over everything, taking them to the OR, putting them to sleep, waking them up. You know, we do the same thing all the way through. So the question then I ask, I would ask of the person is, you know, what is it you're looking to do? You know, um, what is it that you want to do? And I would definitely tell them to shadow not only, you know, a nurse anesthetist, but shadow an anesthesiologist and look at the two. The interesting part is through my year in my career, I've always had a surgeon look over the field and said, I should have did what you did. <laughs> I've had a lot of surgeons tell me that through the years. And, and, um, and take a moment on, on why that is. A little bit more flexibility, not as, I mean, you, you end up being an MD today and it's not so 30 that you're fully practicing in so many specialties. What does it look like for a nurse anesthetist who wants to go on and become a nurse anesthetist? Is that one of the one of the ready to practice? I, th I think um, we we have a profession that, interestingly enough, every time we do the survey of our members, we have an eighty nine percent satisfaction rate of our profession. That's that's in, that's like a unicorn out there. I don't know too many professions you can ask. You can ask lawyers. You can ask you know, doctors, and you ask them, how many are you really happy in your field? I mean, we have consistently stayed up in the 89 to 90% pile for satisfaction rate. I think because we have the flexibility and the way we can practice, um, I think uh, that we don't have, we don't have a lot of the burdens um, that maybe medicine has to deal with um, in the sense of, um, you know, they have more debt for medical school. Um, you know, I, I just think we have, I think we have the better work-life balance maybe associated that as opposed to if you're a surgeon um, because you're on call 24-7 and you've got patients and you've got clinic and you've got the surgery. And I think for us, you know, we come in, we take care of our patients. And then if you have call, you're on call for that night, but you go home, it's not necessarily you're on call 24-7, you know, with patients and stuff. So I think the work-life balance um, comes into play when it's with that um, for the satisfaction of CRNAs. But as far as, um, you know, I usually ask the person, it's really what, what speaks to them. If you really want to be hands-on and take care of a patient, that's what CRNAs do. Um, we don't, 
you know, for anesthesiologists, they are supervised and they're not really hands-on because they don't take care of the patient, so to speak, in the OR. Um, it's the nurse anesthetist that they're mostly supervising. So again, it comes down to, you know, do you want to be somebody that's more paperwork like administrator or do you want to do hands-on patient care? And, and CRNAs, we do that, right? We, we, that's our job. We go take care of the patient and we take you all the way through the anesthetic to the end. So that's, you know, direct patient care 24 seven, that's our job. So again, it comes down to that person, what they're looking to, what's fulfilling for them, you know? All right. But, but okay. to your point, as I talked to you, I'm looking up job satisfaction for lawyers and it's, it's uh, generally abominable. So it's, uh, so, so it's, not, right? it's hard. Like, yeah, that out, it's very depressing. You know, right. If you ask a lot of lawyers, you know, even like veterinarians, I didn't realize that the, the suicide and depression rate for veterinarians because of the stress of, you know, I guess putting animals to sleep. And I, I can understand that, but it's really, I feel like we're a unicorn out there when you start looking across um, industries and you find out who has an almost a 90% satisfaction rate that you're in your profession. That's, that's rare. Um, it's really rare. And I think it's yeah. because we do take care of the patients hands-on and you get that good feel that you've taken somebody through an anesthetic and made them safe and helped, you know, be a part of that team to take care of that patient and fix their issues, you know? So I think the satisfaction right. so, is really high in that. Yeah. One survey I see here for physicians shows 71%, which obviously is significantly less than the 89% reported for CRNAs mm -hmm. and nurse anesthetists. Right. When I say nurse anesthetist, what's between a certified registered nurse anesthetist and a, and, and a, and a nurse anesthetist? Is there, is there is, is there a difference in those two terms, or are they used interchangeably? So, so interestingly enough, um, we have three descriptors um, that you can use for nurse anesthetist. You can use nurse anesthetist, you can use certified registered nurse anesthetist, or if you want to short the acronym CRNA, or you can say nurse anesthesiologist. All three of them are the same. Um, a lot of times, a lot of people get hung up on the anesthetist part, which makes it difficult like to say it, or you're, you're having to phonetically go anesthetist. Um, even a lot of times um, in um, when you look at on TV or like in the news, they always kind of mess up with the anesthetist. So we we realized it was a lot easier for patients to say nurse anesthesiologist and you get it because there's physician anesthesiologist, there's nurse anesthesiologist, there's veterinarian anesthesiologist, there's dental anesthesiologist. So the term anesthesiologist, when you say that to a patient, they're like, oh, I get it. But when you always put it with a, a modifier, whether it be nurse, physician, you know, then it clarifies exactly who you have. So nurse anesthetist is you have a nurse, but, it, you know, or nurse anesthesiologist, you have a nurse that's a nurse anesthesiologist. Oh, you get it. You understand the job that we'll do under nursing. So one of the three, they're all three, they all are interchangeable. We, um, the Association of uh, American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology, we've um, identified that you can use those descriptors. Uh, they're interchangeable, all three. So. Thank you so much. So, so the last question, you, when you look at your own satisfaction as a nurse anesthesiologist or, and as president of the ARNA, what do you rate your own satisfaction? My, oh, uh, you know, my profession has given me so much in so many different ways. Um, it's beautiful to watch and see, especially my colleagues, and I'll bring it up because this is, we've got Veterans Day coming up and in the VA, um, majority of the anesthesia that's provided on the fast forward surgical teams are by CRNAs only. Um, they practice to their full scope. And that's something we're pushing for the VA system to um, allow us to practice to our top of life insurer and have a, 
a standard of, of practice across the board. And that's what we're pushing. And, that, and that's the thing, being a part of that and being able to go into the community, especially like the little hospital I take care of, it is such a beautiful feeling to come in and know that you're providing that for that community. And that if you weren't there, you're an integral part of making sure they have access to care. Or if somebody has an emergency that needs an emergency surgery, you're showing up to take care of that. And that to me is one of the most and I, that's why it's so rewarding. That's why you feel like you have left the world in a better place. You know, we always want to do something and leave something in a better place in a better way. And this profession allows you to do that day in and day out. And it's just, you don't think about it as much, but then when you sit back and you realize all the people you've touched and helped through surgeries and different situations, you are part of that integral part of leaving the world a better place. So it's, it's really it's one of why it's one of the most noble professions, most honest profession. Um, it's always recognized as one of the top, top professions, you know, out there. And it's because of what you actually do. It's such a very um, caregiving um, kind of profession, for sure. Just magnificent. Dr. Vaj, I want to thank you for joining us today. What a pleasure to visit with you and hear more about the AANA and also just the whole career of nurse anesthesiologist. You know, we were, there's so much discussion of it. We happen to have a pre-med daughter who's trying to figure these things out so i, I feel bad using it some of this to, to be able to educate her but what a fascinating no. discussion with you I would, what a I pleasure would be happy to, i would be happy to um to sit and talk with her if you want her you know to her to get an experience of what it is but i think she should see both sides of it you know it, we, we would we would love that we would love that she is a a whatever i won't brag about her on the phone today but what a pleasure <laughs> okay. dr Wachi. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit. I mean, the real world issues everybody's thinking about, especially as you look at this, practicing the top of license and so critical to the critical access hospitals, they wouldn't be open if not for CRNAs and, and nurse anesthesiologists and so forth. So That's, we appreciate your time and what you do so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. Take it. Care.